You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. Hello, everybody. My name is Zach. I'm Brandon. A.K.A. DJ Ducksworth. Uh, oh, they can't skate. They can't win. They can't be serious. You are listening to another episode of Nostalgia Be Damned, the show where we take a look at some of your favorite movies that you are nostalgic about, and we watch them objectively, let you know, are these movies actually good? Or is your nostalgia blinding you? This week, we watch 1992's family sports comedy, The Mighty Ducks. Oh, did we ever. (sighs) First time for me, man. I am, uh, like I said last episode, a Mighty Duck virgin. Yeah, I was going to say, you got your Mighty Duck cherry popped. I did, and what a bloody cherry it was, dude. Yes, sir. I can't believe... All right, so for anybody who's listened to this show before... Uh, you probably know that I'm definitely more of the sports ilk of the two of us. You, but even for someone who may not have been involved in sports as much as I was, Brandon, I was shocked to hear you had never dipped your toes into the duck pool. Yeah, I I saw this movie on the shelves of uh, movie gallery back in the day uh, in Blockbuster, but just never it was never one that caught my attention. I wasn't really into a whole lot of sports movies growing up until I was probably in my teenage years. So anything kind of before that, unless it was you know really steeped in sports comedy, I just did not have a big interest in. So a lot of these sports movies I kind of discovered later on in life, and then once reflecting on you know what age bracket the Mighty Ducks was for, I just kind of felt I grew out of it. You know. This movie came out about a year after I was born. I'm dating myself, which is fine. It's a movie that I also didn't really see full length until maybe I was 12, 13 years old. It's a movie that kind of escaped my childhood for a long time, and I don't know why. We just, we never owned it. I think I saw Mighty Ducks 2 first, but I was aware of the movie and of the franchise in general, thanks in part to a NHL hockey franchise also named The Mighty Ducks. Well, while we're there, why don't you tell us a little about that before we get into kind of the nuts and bolts of the movie? Yeah, so for anybody who may have seen The Mighty Ducks in the NHL, the team was established in 1993, a year after this movie came out, uh, bought by, of course, the Walt Disney Corporation at the same time that another team was bought in Florida, the Florida Panthers, not owned by the Disney Corporation. But Disney owned this team and immediately started branding after <laughs> their their movie franchise, The Mighty Ducks. They even had the uniforms, which were sort of like a jade eggplant and white color. Brandon, I don't know if you've ever seen it, and the logo was a goalie mask in the shape of a duck. That uniform makes an appearance by The Mighty Ducks 2 or D2 The Mighty Ducks. And that team ends up wearing that uniform, so it just became quite the marketing opportunity for Disney, who sold a ton of those jerseys because they could sell them in Disney World, and they could sell them in Disneyland, and they sold them at the arena and through any NHL merchandiser, so it was a big moneymaker for Disney at the time, but in 2004, a lockout by the league uh started pushing Disney to sell the team. They tried to sell it for $40 million, which was less than what the franchise originally cost. Wow. Yeah, $40 million is insanely low, especially by like today's standards where you see franchises 
going for like billions of dollars. Uh, in 2005, the team was finally bought by a different owner for $75 million. And that's when they decided to kind of take a step back from Disney's original branding. Uh, the year after they were bought, they dropped the mighty from their name because fans said that they would be okay with that. They also dropped the eggplant and jade uniforms for an orange and black uniform, the orange for Orange County, where the team is located in Anaheim, and the striping for the United States uh, service. So no longer a team that really has any connection with the Mighty Duck movie franchise, except for on occasion, they will do throwback nights where they will wear these 90s Mighty Duck uniforms that you can see in D2 and D3. No shit. So wait, do they have that same logo still? No, they dropped that logo entirely. The new logo is, it's really just kind of like the Anaheim Ducks now. And then on occasion, it's like a D with like a webbed foot. So they're really, besides the name Ducks and the occasional throwback to the 90s era, Paul Correa, former University of Maine graduate, uh, they really have zero connection with this movie franchise now, which, you know, I guess fans there were okay with it, but for someone who enjoyed this movie growing up and loved that franchise because of its connection to Disney, I was really disappointed. Even having not seen these movies, I was well aware of that logo, you know, the hockey mask duck, but I knew of that, I think, more so because this also, in addition to inspiring an NHL team, as well as two sequels, D2, The Mighty Ducks in 94, and D3, The Mighty Ducks in 96. And a cartoon. also spawned an animated series, yeah, called Mighty Ducks, which I do vaguely remember. But that show was not about like a hockey team. I mean, it was kind of, but it was mostly a, a team of humanoid duck ice hockey team players slash freedom fighters battling superheroes. Yeah, <laughs> it's insanity. This was, and I'm kind of stealing this from a uh, an honest trailer video that just came out. This was back in the era when movie franchises branded so hard that they spawned animated series, much like Men in Black did. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, this was when a movie could spawn all this shit. Mm-hmm including hockey franchises <sighs> an entire sports team and an animated series that series by the way that ran from 1996 to 1997 but to get into this first one here it's got a 6.5 on imdb and a very low 23 percent on rotten tomatoes shocking the way that this cults this movie has such a cult status you would think this movie is ranked like at least a 70. I thought this had much higher uh, critic reviews, which is why I think when you had brought this up, we were maybe intending on just doing the second one because we thought that one would be the shittier of the two, right? <laughs> but it turns out the first one was almost just as shitty, uh, according to critics. Yeah, I mean, people hated it. I know Roger Ebert did not like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So this first entry here... Again, spawned a trilogy. This one was the only one directed by Stephen Herrick, who was actually a super prolific director throughout the late 80s and 90s, and he still works today, but mostly works in television. But he brought us Critters, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, uh, the 90s Three Musketeers with Kiefer Sutherland, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. Mr. Holland's Opus, the live-action 101 Dalmatians, which could be a stay tuned someday. I haven't seen that in fucking ever. With House as one of the burglars, right? Hugh Laurie. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, he followed that up with Holy Man. Do you remember that with Eddie Murphy and Jeff Goldblum? It was like Eddie Murphy was like a TV. No, I, d- I don't think like I actually. Religious. S- yeah, it was so weird. Okay. But he followed that up with 1999 or 2000's Rockstar with Marky Mark Wahlberg, dude. Wow. This guy has been all over the map. All over the map. And then he did Life or Something Like It, the Tommy Lee Jones, Cedric the Entertainer comedy <laughs> man of the house. Remember something that. cheerleaders, I remember. Yep. Uh, the chaperone with triple h and something called the great gilly hopkins which i don't know but it was a feature film wow okay so wow this guy is a long career this movie was pretty damn successful back in the day it cost 10 million dollars to make it earned 50 million at the u.s box office which in 92 is pretty damn good that made it the 31st highest grossing film of that year behind other sports comedies we were making sports movies left and fucking right in the 90s because just in the year of 92 this movie made less than a league of their own and white men can't jump but it made more than ladybugs mr baseball and the babe all in one year I do have to say, as and this is probably something every sports fan will say of their own generation, but there was something magical about 90s sports, and movie creators took advantage of it. It's very gung-ho, love-of-the-game sort of stuff. Even this movie that we saw, a lot of it is just like, oh man, you just gotta think back to when you were a kid and you just loved hockey. And it's like, uh, wow, it just everybody tries to play on like this idea that sports are the greatest thing in America. The Mighty Ducks is actually the third highest grossing hockey film of all time, uh, only outgrossed by Miracle and Tooth Fairy. Did you ever see Tooth Fairy, Zach? Tooth Fairy? No, that's a hockey movie? That's considered a hockey movie, yeah. I was so sure you were going to say something like Slapshot, or maybe, like, I I don't know. Damn, that sucks. I want to ask you something, Zach, because I actually don't know this off the top of my head. Is Emilio Estevez, who is the star, of course, of this movie, is he in all three of those movies? Uh, Yeah, so he's the main character in The Mighty Ducks and D2. Uh, In D3, he kind of takes, like, a cameo appearance because just a quick rundown of the franchise – this first one we'll get into, but the second one, uh, they end up going to like a peewee international tournament in like Iceland or something, or maybe the Iceland, the Icelandic team is like the bad guys or something like that. And so he becomes the head coach of team USA slash the mighty ducks. And then in D three, it's about how all these kids end up going to like a prep school college and playing for that team but Emilio Estevez only makes like a very brief appearance in that movie I think he's only in like two scenes oh okay so do the group of kids change no uh, for the most part the kids stay the same I can't it's been so long since I've seen D3 because that is such a terrible movie but all the kids remain the same in these movies including like Jesse Smollett and uh in D2, uh, the addition of Keenan Thompson. Emilio Estevez, of course, was not the first choice uh, of the role of Gordon Bombay. It actually was offered to his brother, Charlie Sheen. He turned it down, and uh, some other actors that were considered for the role were Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, Bill Murray, and Michael J. Fox. Uh, Below almost everybody on that list, uh, this movie is probably beneath them, except maybe Charlie Sheen. Well, the original premise of Mighty Ducks was much darker, with almost no comedy about an ex-NHL player turned alcoholic who seeks revenge on his old coach by coaching opposite him. It had really nothing to do with, uh, (laughs) you know, him developing this friendship with this team. It was more so about his rivalry with his past coach and him being like an asshole uh, alcoholic. 
I can kind of see where some of the plot points of this movie appeal to maybe a more adult demographic, but for the most part, this really leans into, I think, the the kids' family sports, you know, comedy genre really heavily. We'll get into some of the faults of this plot line and, like, the, the structure of this movie, but it, we can say this right off the bat, this movie is about as formulaic as it gets when it comes to, like, children's comedy. I mean, the last little bit of tidbit that I, of information I thought was kind of interesting was, I guess, some of the actors when they auditioned for the role, claimed that they could play hockey, were in fact lying. So they had to get trained <laughs> before filming began once they were cast. Wow. Yeah, which is kind of fun. Uh, I don't know how well-versed Emilio Estevez was in skating before the movie, but I know him and his stunt double or skate double, <laughs> you know, get a workout. But let's get into it, dude. The Mighty Ducks. So we're introduced to a young Gordon Bombay. This is young Charlie... Sh- I'm going to do that all fucking episode. Emilio, <laughs> Emilio Estevez, Estevez. Emilio! Yeah, don't screw that up. <sighs> well, Gordon screws up his chance at the 1973 Pee Wee Championship, you know, hockey game uh, to a very disappointed team and coach. And this is a flashback of our lead character. We cut to present day or present 1992. He's a defense attorney. Successful arrogant he's living in what minneapolis yeah minneapolis Minneapolis, i think yeah he's a goddamn winner man this guy's won this is his what 30th case that he's scored the w yeah he's a he's bragging about how he's 30 and 0 even though he has lost one case i guess so and his secretary keeps making fun of him she's like you're 30 and 1 but he's cocky as hell he is uh really good at getting scumbags off yeah, I mean, he's a regular 90s power player. And uh, one little tidbit, the prosecutor here, the state prosecutor, is played by Stephen Brill, who actually wrote the movie and also directed a few of Adam Sandler's classics like uh, Mr. Deeds wow. and Sandy Wexler. Bummer. The do-over. Uh, the best movies, <laughs> the best. But he also did Without a Paddle and Drill Bit Taylor, dude, so all is fine, all's forgiven. Oh, yeah, excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> Drill Bit Taylor, sure. So Gordon works for Mr. Ducksworth, uh, this guy owns the firm that he is a lawyer for, and he doesn't necessarily appreciate the theatrics. You know, he, he's kind of introduced telling him, hey, you score the goal, you don't spike it. Don't overdo this shit. Emilio Estevez, he's not going to listen to these goddamn guys. He's going to go out and party fucking hardy. So he gets arrested, pulled over the very that night because he's celebrating his win a little too hard. Yeah, he's drunk driving, which is the basis for any sort of hilarious young kid comedy is a little DUI. <laughs> yeah, so this is very bad news bears. Basically, though, because he knows the judge, he kind of gets off fairly easy because all he has to do is forfeit his license for a bit. Uh, I think he pays a small fine. He does get his salary while he's kind of kicked off of his law firm. Like he's got a, he's suspended for a period of time. But the biggest blow to his ego is he has to serve 500 hours of community service by coaching a District 5 peewee hockey team. And, you know, it's kind of funny, too, because Mr. Ducksworth is very like sage and like kind of mentor. She's like, listen, like you need to take a break. You got to step back, do something good for your community. Uh, This man takes a heel turn later in this movie, Brandon. (laughs) That he does. Emilio Estevez, it's weird. You know, he keeps like, you don't really see him talking about like, oh, I got to coach hockey. He never says anything, something like, oh, I gave up hockey, which, you know, as cheesy as it is, there is like nothing really connecting the Gordon Bombay that we saw at the beginning of this movie, the little hockey player who misses the penalty shootout, and this lawyer 
who he is now. Like there is no sort of like him talking about like, Oh yeah, I used to be a pretty good hockey player. It just like is like a coincidence that he's coaching hockey. We do cut to our soon to be ducks who are pulling one of the best gnarliest goddamn pranks ever on film. Honestly, in my opinion, they, but it's so intricate. It's so intricate. So they have a, an empty purse. They're following a stray dog around cause they've just fed it. They're waiting for it to take a shit. Lo and behold, it does. I don't know how long they're following this dog. It takes a shit. They then put that crap in the purse with a dollar bill hanging out and leave it on the side of the road waiting for someone to, I guess, pick up the purse and dip their hand in shit. The juvenile in me is like, my God, great prank. The uh, movie observer in me says, I feel like we could have streamlined this a little bit. (laughs) It's so detailed and thought out. But sure enough, someone does actually pull over, grab the purse, and, you know, is furious, sees the kid, and then we get what is a blatant, Home Alone ripoff sequence. Oh, this yeah. is insane. It's the same music, dude. I think it's the same music. Maybe, albeit a, a few altered notes or something, but it's that same song that, like, you know, in the first Home Alone, they're running around the house trying to get ready for the uh, airport. And in the second one, I think it is them running through the airport, right? And it's the whole thing is like it's fast forwarded and they're like for no reason needlessly (laughs) yeah it's it's so strange but yeah like the purse grabber chases them across some construction equipment and ultimately smashes his balls into uh you know a wooden plank there and is incapacitated we then get kind of a shot of the peewee team practicing at the local ice rink or i guess just the ice park yeah it's a park it's a park with a frozen over pond in it it's just to show you that these guys they're scamps man they're they're little scamps this team man but they also play hockey we got a, a cast of characters and i can't remember any of their names or their personalities because most of them don't nope. have it they have like one little character trait that they repeat one kid's a fucking Polly shore imitator thanks for that yes oh my <laughs> god i can't remember that fucking kid's name either but it's so it like everybody is just kind of like a stereotype like oh look it's the talkative Polly Shore kid and there's the fat Goldberg Goldberg is the one that people usually remember cuz he's the fat goalie even though he loses his position by the next one. Ah, oh, that's a shame cuz yeah, I really stuck with him all through it. Same with that greaser kid. There's a kid in like a leather jacket who talks like He's like a thug. There's also two twins on the team who, like, I can't tell you, like, who they are. (laughs) It's so weird. (laughs) Yeah, there's several people. I keep seeing the faces of them, like, walk by, like, wait, who the fuck's that kid? Did I see him before? Dude, they, you should, this is why you should watch the second movie, because it just kind of goes bananas. They add even more. They add a second giant bully. (laughs) <laughs> kind of like how, you know, the how later in this movie they get the big kid who, like, is immovable and he's suddenly really good at hockey. They add a second one of those. They add a cowboy. They add Keenan Thompson, who's, like, a street hockey player. Like, they find, instead of playing, like, finding him on the street, like, balling to basketball, they, they find him playing street <laughs> hockey in the middle of L.A. or something like that. It's bananas. Jesus. Yeah. In the ultimate act of dominance and machismo, 
Estevez forces his limo driver, who's played by MC Ganey, to drive onto the ice, which is extremely dangerous, in my opinion. But holy shit, he's just like, do it. Yeah, and like, I don't know why he feels he has to show his power dominance over these street kids. <laughs> like, it's cool, man. You, you pulled up in the limo. Like, they get it. And uh, he starts it all off with, thanks, bro. I'm not going home till I take care of some business. Because there's the entire team of boys and only one girl, right? At the first, at the start of this. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one that gets added later in the movie, and then a third who gets added again in D2. The uh, girl to start here, that's Marguerite Moreau, who you know from Wet Hot American Summer, right? She plays Katie, I think. Absolutely. One of the boys who's of notable appearance, Joshua Jackson, plays a kid named, what is it, Charlie. Yeah, Charlie. Yeah, he and Charlie is pretty much the main kid he's the one that you really like have to remember yeah yeah most of them are all pretty disposable but that kid you got to remember and you really won't forget him because it's joshua dawson's creek jackson dude urban legend himself yep jesse smollett also in this cast of characters uh pre getting fake beaten up (laughs) holy shit wait he's one of the kids dude yeah you didn't know that yeah jesse smollett one of the kids oh pre-faking his own god pre-faking his own hate crime man that's fucking crazy dude Dude. some of these kids get really bad adulthoods you should see if you after this podcast or if you're listening right now pause the podcast look up the kid who played goldberg and look at a picture of him now he very recently got arrested for like some sort of drug issue he looks terrible oh man that is that's sad yeah, a lot of these kids have dark futures. <sighs> well, I mean, they've always got Mighty Ducks, though, dude. That they do, dude. That they do. So the team winds up bombarding this limo, jumping on top of it and putting their gross tongues and lips all over the windows and shit. So he takes him for a spin around town. And by the time he gets back, he is royally chewed out by Charlie's mom. I thought at the beginning of this... I pray they don't go the direction I'm thinking they're going with this by even including the scene. Ooh. But sure as shit, they do, and it takes up a good uh, chunk of the <laughs> plot. It's an early 90s sports movie, dude. Of course he falls in love with the first woman he meets. <sighs> God damn it. Well, she's Casey. Yeah, Charlie's mom, played by Heidi Kling. They're going to have a relationship. We'll get to Not it. Not in the second one, though. What? He's with a new chick? Uh, Yeah, it's complicated. It's fucking bizarre. He, like, starts dating, like, an icelandic model who's like spying for their peewee international team it's fucking i'm telling you man watch the second movie it is hilariously terrible well the next day i guess it's the game i don't know if this is the first game of the season or if he's taking over was that was that mentioned zach i don't know i think this is at least one of their first games no it's their oh and nine coming in and their last coach quit because he had a heart attack oh that's right because yeah they're such assholes he was yelling at him had a heart attack Mm-hmm. this is hilarious because he gets to the old ice rink and this is the team the hawks right this is their stadium i don't know how it all works <laughs> dude i i don't Okay, this is one of this is one of the gripes I was gonna bring up in this movie is that all of the peewee hockey teams in Minnesota have their own home ice that's like decked at like they run these freaking they run these peewee hockey teams which are for like twelve year olds like fucking minor league franchises they've got championship banners they got like oh people are too far into this shit dude they've got yeah they've got. F- 
random fans that aren't associated with the team. Like, they're big on hockey in Minnesota. They're huge on hockey in Minnesota. I highly, highly doubt that they've got random people like, hey, you want to go check out the local peewee team later? <laughs> it's fucking crazy, dude. It's like if you decided to go watch, like, the local soccer teams for, like, four-year-olds. Like, let's go watch these fucking kids. And man. not, yeah, not only do you watch them, but you have, like, their merch. You're wearing their shirts and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Who's getting that money? Oh, my Lord. But what I thought was really funny is when he arrives, you know, Gordon, he's looking around because this is the Hawks stadium. You know, last time he was in one of these, I think, is when he, you know, fucked up that championship game there. But he's looking around the room and there's all the banners for every single year the Hawks win. They're basically like the Slytherin of the hockey team around here. Yeah. But every single one is like 1971 and then it gets the fear of his it's like 1973 and it's the only yellow second place banner in the entire fucking stadium it's just a giant second place <laughs> fuck you and gordon it's awesome because like, you just wouldn't get a banner it's awesome because then his coach comes up uh jack riley who you know was extremely disappointed in in him for losing the game back in the day and takes his job so so seriously he's played by lane smith and just barely looks that much older, but I guess, I don't know how, this must be, what, 25 years later at least? Yeah, something like that. I don't know, man. It's, you know, I, I love this. This is, like, one of the best sports villains ever because, like, anybody who's played youth sports has had that, like, parent coach who just takes things way, way, way too seriously for, like, a bunch of 12-year-olds. But he is, like, openly, like... Ah, good to see you, Gordon. Remember when you royally fucked up my life? We could have won peewee hockey. <laughs> yeah, not only, I mean, we won it every other year. He's still the coach of this same team. It blew my goddamn mind. And he's acting like his shit don't stink because of that. Like, dude, you're not coaching in the NHL. Relax. It's peewee hockey in Minnesota. Like, cool. <laughs> he's going around getting his dick sucked by strangers every night. Like, come on. <laughs> But obviously, you know, this being the first game, the Hawks dominate. They decimate the goddamn, uh, what, they're just called District 5, right? At this time, they don't even have a name. Yeah, at this point, they're just District 5 because you can tell the Hawks are in the district that where all the rich kids live. And, uh, the, you know, the big blonde, like, I, I, I'm just going to say it. Every kid on this team looks like they're a part of the Hitler youth. They're all like tall, blonde, blue. I literally wrote like, Aryan bullies in my notes here. Yeah. Aryan bullies. They really are. They're like Aryan bullies, <laughs> but yeah, the district five team or the mighty ducks are the poor kids who like can't afford to skate on a real rink and have to get all their own equipment and like some kids are wearing like football helmets and magazines for knee pads and shit like that and their goalie goldberg is, is awful just gives up pretty much halfway through the game anyway just like steps out of the, the goal yeah he's scared of the puck yeah and they so yeah they obviously lose and estevez loses his cool and basically berates the team afterwards calling them idiots and yeah i mean the ultimate 90s insult you guys stink yeah, they, and you know what, Brandon? It's going to sound hard of me because they are kids, but they do. They stink. <laughs> idiots! Idiots! Savages! Idiots! 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 <laughs> we then cut to, which is a really weird scene. I guess it sets up that, that this character for later, but it's just them finding softcore porn in an alley. Like, they find a box of swimsuit, or Sports Illustrated, right? Like, swimsuit edition. The Hitler Youth comes Trio skating. of Aryan... Yeah. <laughs> 
man. The Hitler youth comes skating in and they're doing the typical like circle around, pick on the fat kid, the fat, like find the fattest kid of the group, the weak Buffalo and, and let's get them. Uh, until this giant kid who's dressed as like what you would expect a 90s bully to be wearing not like you know nazi uniforms but he's wearing like the black leather jacket camo pants the camo pants and he's got a bandana and he's fucking massive he like picks up all three of these little fascists and like throws them into the fat kid it's very funny (laughs) Yeah, this kid's name is Fulton Reed, and he's played by Eldon Henson, who, you know, we've seen in actually a bunch of movies, most notably, uh, he was in Daredevil, I think is Foggy, the the show there, but he's also in The Butterfly Effect, and what's that other one? Oh, Idle Hands, dude, he's the stoner who gets his head cut off. He's like one of the more successful people to come out of this movie, including Emilio Estevez, and that's just bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I will agree with that. Again, we cut away from him, and he's not seen for a good another 10, 15 minutes, because uh, then we get this whole little training montage that Estevez, or Gordon, rather, he's he's teaching the kids how to cheat, right? How to take falls? Yeah, he's teaching the kids how to take dives, and you know what, Brandon? It, it's something I learned how to do when I was a kid, too. Did you really? They do this? Yeah. I mean, like, you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to teach kids how to do this. But, you know, it happens. Kids learn how to cheat, but not to the extent that this District 5 team is. (laughs) They're, like, practicing falling and being shitty, and they take it into the next game. And it's, like, so bad that, like, the referee's threatening to throw people out of the game. They ultimately wind up losing that one as well to the Jets, and... The only thing that kind of come to come away from that game is that you notice Charlie refuses to cheat. He's like being cheered on by Estevez to basically fall down to get a penalty shot, but he refuses to do so. And it's crazy because in not cheating, he ends up making a really good hockey play. <laughs> but, but Estevez loses his mind out of me because apparently he's forgotten how to play hockey, I guess. I I mean, obviously he hasn't, but that's like one of the bizarre things about this movie is that this character is supposedly so jaded, like it would be so easy for him to just teach these kids hockey and he just refuses to do so. Well, yeah, man, he's got to got to get back in the rink and find his love for the game again. And he after he screams at Charlie, uh, he does this by visiting uh, his old mentor, I guess. I like it's very tough to know who this guy is in relation to Gordon. Right, because he was never a coach, right? I don't know. I guess he's just the owner of the local skate shop. That's all I can get. And, like, he knew Gordon and his father, who his father's dead. Who fucking cares? Yeah, that's all we really find out here. They discuss the past. We find out that Gordon's dad died the year of that final Pee-wee season. And Hans gives him a new pair of skates. I thought this guy was going to be magical by the end of it, or an angel or some weird thing. The way he's presented in this... He practically is by the second one. It's actually... It's funny. Hans is like the guy... Like, they're they're losing in the last game of the the finals in Mighty Ducks 2. Spoiler alert in case you don't want this ruined. Shit. Um, and, the, and like, they're about to go into the third period and Hans is like, well, you don't look like Team USA to me. You look like a bunch of ducks. And he pulls out the NHL version of the Mighty Ducks uniform uh, and they come out as the Mighty Ducks for the last yuck. period of the game. Yeah, dude, watch that 
movie. It is laughable. It blows my mind that Hans even is a re- recurring character who comes back into the series. I think he. I think it's like a another thing in the third one too that Hans dies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe I do have to watch these, know. man. It's, I don't know. It's, it's been so long since I've seen the third one. I can't recommend watching the third one, but the second one is definitely like it, it's almost a hate watch thing if you're new to it. If you might be nostalgic about it if you grew up watching it, but that like if you listen to Mighty Ducks fans, a, a lot of their quotes and like references actually come from the second one and it's not something I really realized until I went back and watched this one. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, with a uh, brand new pair of skates, uh, Emilio and his skate double are out bright and early, practicing to some, I love this dude, classic 90s, whimsical, calming wind chimes. Fuck. Which leads us into a a beautiful little sepia-toned childhood flashback of Gordon's dad, who should have been played by Martin Sheen, right? That would have been dope. Yeah, that would have been fucking awesome, but uh, probably beneath him. (laughs) Yeah, not in the budget either. At least give us Joe Estevez or something, you know? (laughs) Like, I'll take Joe Estevez. <laughs> oh, man. And he'd have done it. He would have absolutely have done it. Yeah, man. Gordon comes to his boss, I think the next day, Mr. Ducksworth, to see if he can get some money because he's got a renewed sense of passion for the game. He really wants to, you know, build up this team. So he goes to his boss to see if maybe he'll donate some money. He needs 15K. And he gets him to do it by basically convincing him, you know, you'll get a lot of goodwill through this and we'll even name the goddamn team after you. We'll get you a uniform. Yeah, and I'm thinking, one, I waited this whole movie for that goddamn duck logo to show up. And when I do find out and see the jerseys later on, I am furious. Yeah, it doesn't show up until the last 20 minutes of the second movie, Brandon. Holy shit, dude. And the fact that they're not even called the Mighty Ducks. They're just called the Ducks. They just add Mighty Mm -hmm. as like a chant, but come on. Dude, it's, it's truly bizarre. Again, this is why I was just saying... The second movie is where a lot of people kind of get everything from this movie. There's even like this famous scene that I could have sworn was in the first movie. It's in the second one where they're all sitting around singing, we are the champions. Oh, man. Well, is there a Marky Mark good vibrations uh, (laughs) montage in that one, dude? Fuck no, but there should have been. Man, we get one here and it is glorious. It's basically them, you know, at the sporting goods store getting all new gear and loving life. Mm -hmm. And they also get a glimpse of... Fulton, is that his fucking name? The the big kid? Fulton Reed. Yeah, yeah man. Fulton Reed is there for zero reason. The kid doesn't play hockey. He doesn't know how to skate. He's not on the team. Nobody talks to him. He's just hanging around <laughs> the skating shop. Yeah, because they go out to basically recruit some new players. They they also grab like a what a really good figure skater. That that's another girl on the team, and they grab a few more people. Yeah, two figure skaters, two figure skaters, brother and sister and then we do get a Fulton recruiting scene at one point. Right, because, yeah, it's not a sports movie without a goddamn training montage, dude. We get the little egg bit where they're, like, passing eggs back and forth, and then we get this savage, brutal scene in which Goldberg, the goalie, gets tied to the goal and forced to endure a barrage of slap shots. Dude, they pelt the shit out of him with these hockey pucks. This isn't unheard of, though. These training montages that we get, these are actually some of the most believable scenes in this entire movie. Because I, that I've heard of hockey teams. I never played hockey. I do love the sport, but I never 
really skated that well. Um, I've heard of hockey teams doing things like that or like passing bowls of milk to each other. And when I was playing baseball, when I was a catcher, that's how they used to teach kids not to be scared of the ball was throw baseballs at them when you're equipped. Wow. I mean, it makes sense, dude. It really does. And I'm thinking... Fuck, man. If anyone was a goalie in a hockey goalie, please write in. NostalgiaBeDamnPod at gmail.com. I'm fascinated by that whole initiation there because that was brutal. Listen, there's no better way than to teach a kid that they're not scared of getting hit by a puck than by hitting him with a puck. Yeah, I don't think they do that anymore, though, dude. I don't think that's a thing anymore. Oh, fuck yeah, they do. I'm sure they do. I don't know. If If you know anything about teaching kids hockey, let us know. I hope they do. I want to, on the record, I hope they still hit kids with hockey pucks without mercy. I, I, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and hedge my bets and say they probably do. All right. Well, fingers crossed. I'll sleep better tonight knowing they do. But yeah, I think it's the next day. Fulton takes out the window of the van uh, of Gordon's ride. And I thought at this point there was going to be some sort of disciplinary action. Instead, Estevez looks at him. He's like, do it again. Yeah. <laughs> And so it turns out, like, this kid, even though he's supposedly, like, uh, this freak athlete who's playing football, but he's not allowed to play hockey, I guess, so he doesn't ruin a future scholarship. Oh, yeah, the needless prep school stuff. Yeah, there's backstory that I guess everyone's embellishing or something. He's supposed to be, like a really good athlete but it turns out he's got a wicked slap shot and he only hits the net one out of every five shots he also cannot skate but that's nothing a little rollerblading throughout the mall can't fix dude another little montage oh man i hope we open up a second movie of the mighty ducks with a skating montage <laughs> that's right brandon god damn this it. is not the last skating montage we get out of the mighty ducks franchise in fact we might even get three <laughs> Well, we finally get to see what the actual Ducks jersey looks like in the next scene. He unveils them to the kids who think, you know, it's pretty lame. It's a goddamn duck. And they're like, who wants to be a duck? Ducks suck, basically. Think it's all nerdy. It's a, it deserves some bashing, if you will. Gordon gives this goddamn speech about the importance of ducks and how they're badass and ducks don't die. Is that a thing that people say? Ducks don't die? I think I've heard that before. I, you know, I don't know, but I do remember them saying that someone in this, they don't even have teeth, and I think they do. Do they not? Oh, well, they got those little, yeah, like little thingies on the inside of their beak. I think they got like those little like razor sharp teeth. Yeah, I think ducks have like terrifying teeth. (laughs) They got terrifying penises, dude. Corkscrew penises. Oh, yeah, they do. Good on them. Good on the duck penises. Uh, What are your (laughs) thoughts on these uniforms, though, Brandon? They're just dumb looking. I don't like the logo. I was so expecting that face. And man, was I angry. Okay, well, besides the logo, I'm going to go go ahead and be on record that I love these freaking duck jerseys. I, the green, the yellow, and the purple, I'm a big fan. <laughs> All right, well, maybe the color scheme, fine. I'm looking at the logo itself and the fact that they're just called the Ducks. Yeah, you're just pissed that they didn't have the goalie jersey, and I understand that, or the goalie mask. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm bringing a lot in, <laughs> a lot of personal information in here, yeah. I get that. I understand that. Well, it's the first game as the Ducks, and Fulton does some slap shots pre-game, basically, that just forced the other team to piss their pants. I expected him to be such a huge part of this team, when in fact, they barely used this guy after setting him up to be this badass. Nope. He, again, you got to watch the second one when they partner him up with another big bully that's like almost exactly like him and they become the bash brothers (laughs) well wait is it the same actor too yeah same actor wow okay all right well i tip my hat 
Dude, I think they get the entire original cast back for Mighty Ducks 2. I don't know why I'm thinking this. that's such a feat. I don't know. Like, what the fuck did they have to do that could get yeah, busy up their everybody schedule? Everybody was I, clamoring. I, I, I find it impressive. Everybody was clamoring for these kids. <laughs> you know what I'm not clamoring for? Which they do several times throughout this movie. This duck chant, dude. The quack quack. I can't. I don't want it in my movie. That's the one part I think that I wish I could excise most because it honestly made my skin crawl. Dude, I love the quack. I love the quacking. <laughs> it's so, so dumb. dumb. It's so it's dumb. So, so stupid. Oh, man. It's funnier when you see people do it in Fine. real Fine. No, life. I'm sure it is. It, that's like uh, anger inducing, but. It's two to one with uh, 28 seconds left. They're down. And finally, they put Fulton in. This is the first time they're putting him into play with 28 seconds left. Like, why do you even have him on the team? Estevez, get your shit together. It's like a goon situation. He barely knows how to skate. They only want him out there to fucking kill kids. Yeah, but if he's only out there to score goals, you'd think they'd put him out there sooner. It's it's funny, though. He doesn't even score a goal in this game. He, like, they do a fake slap shot and someone picks it up while all the other kids run away. Oh, I thought he did score here. No, maybe that's the next game because they do a lot no, of, like, he his... scores. He scores later on. Okay, I say they do tie the Cardinals here, and he then visits Hans again, Gordon does, who tells him that... I oh, ha- I'm sorry, Brandon. I have to stop you here because there's a couple of things that need addressing. Number one, these hockey games, first of all, I'm going to go ahead and say are probably the best shot thing in this entire movie. They look beautiful. They look well done. Like kids are skating off the puck. It's like they look like they know what they're doing. It's fascinating. Although the other problems I have is they have like a radio commentator. (laughs) Like overlaying all these shots. This is peewee hockey. Also... They make, like, the front page of, like, this weird newspaper. (laughs) The amount of interest and investment this goddamn city has in this peewee tournament is mind-blowing. Yeah, it's it's week after week, their front page. It makes no fucking sense. Yeah, like, uh, can Bombay get revenge on his old team? What? How many people have been (laughs) following... track of this? How many people have been following Gordon Bombay's story? (laughs) Oh, my God, but... It makes no sense. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just, I had to bring those up. I had to bring up all No, those. I will agree. It's pretty good choreography. The, the the final game of the of the movie is actually, I think, really well shot and really well, uh, mm-hmm. a lot, lot of good skating, a lot of good passes. Like, that looks good. Um, The first few games, though, yeah, are, are pretty cool. Yeah. It can be tough to get kids on screen doing sports action, like, but you can definitely tell this is done by, like, actual hockey players. Yeah. And even the kids, I guess, who lied about not skating got their shit together because there's no one in here who stands out as like a a terrible shitty skater anyway. (laughs) No. Yeah, they all look good, man. But Gordon winds up chatting with Hans, who tells him somehow he has a shot at the playoffs. I I think they're only like, yeah, like 10 games in or something or 11 games in. Okay. Because all they need to do is tie. No, they need to beat the Huskies, the team above them, because all they have is one tie. And the team below that, I guess, got disqualified or or, yeah they all got measles forfeit the season (laughs) we had a bunch of anti-vaccinators the bottom two yeah the bottom two teams are the only ones that don't make the playoffs so like by default they just have to beat one team (laughs) god damn but the most i think convoluted and contrived bullshit happens right here because hans has a map of i guess the state and the city has just, or the the county, whatever, has just redrew its lines, its district lines. And so, despite 
<laughs> Gordon being a hawk, which has, I guess, been weighing on his mind. Like, oh, gosh, I, I, I'm a hawk. And the teammates, the kids are sad that he's a hawk and want him to be a duck. So he finds out, no, actually, Gordon, you'd always been a duck. Oh, uh, dude. <laughs> All right. This is like a point that I felt like I was making mental notes. This plot is so, like, nobody thinks about it when they're writing it. Things are like so, like the entire movie and all the chemistry that these characters are developing goes to shit out of like coincidences and unexplained issues people have. Like, uh, you used to be a hawk, you must be one of them. Like, kids, I actually get mad about that. <laughs> yep. And like, he over, and he overhears him being sarcastic to the other coach. He's like, yeah, I guess my kids are just a bunch of losers. And he says it in a very sarcastic tone. And the kids like think like, he called us losers. And like, that just like <laughs> torpedoes all the momentum in this movie. It's just like, this movie is so formulaic and it's okay. It's, you can put up with it until it literally just starts like ruining the tension in this movie. Because then he uses that information to steal one of the Hawks' best players, Adam Banks, which really pisses off Coach Riley. He could go all the way, dude. <laughs> could he, though? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I guess. He, he apparently... All right. There was also another thing I had to bring up. Hans at one point mentioned that Gordon scored 198 goals in one season of Pee Wee Hockey. In in 15, maybe a maximum of 20 games, Gordon Bombay scored 198 goals. How did they even lose that last game? They should have been up by at least 50. Yeah, he's a goddamn champion, man. And like I said, yeah, he uses that information to steal Adam Banks away from the Hawks. This really pisses off Coach Riley, as well as some of the other players. But also, Adam's dad is super butthurt about this. Like, he's like, no, it's been a, tr a tradition in our family that, you know, his brother played, I played, all these people have played for the Hawks. He's got to play in the Hawks. And he's like, well... He either plays for us or you guys have to forfeit your entire uh, season if he winds up playing for you. Yeah, because they the, they redrew the lines or something. And this pisses off the uh, Coach Riley and Banks' dad so much that they go to Mr. Freaking Ducksworth. <laughs> this, this is infuriating, dude. Because this is all happening. I <laughs> God damn it, dude. All right. So this is where he has that conversation where the kids overhear him say, call them losers and that they don't deserve to live. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of crazy to say, even if it is sarcastic. At no point. Yeah, it is insane. But at no point does Gordon Bombay go like, I was being sarcastic, you fucking idiot. Get off my team. <laughs> like, I'd kick the kid off the team. I'd have been like, you can't quit. You're fired. Yeah, but instead the team walks out on Gordon and he's forced to forfeit that game. So... Scene right after this, he has a quick heart to heart with Charlie in a diner where we get a little good, some Joshua Jackson tears. Always a fan of that. Uh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> then the ducks at this point in time are reverting back to their old devilish ways. There's this whole commotion in class, which pisses off the principal. They do this quack quack chant again. Uh, man, it's and like Charlie's mom. <laughs> and, Co and coach bombay are like kind of dating but then like he lets charlie down or something like that because he says he's gonna resign because the kids won't play for him or some shit yeah but, but now we're at where we were talking because we have to unpack this i am I, I am furious what happens here so he meets with coach riley 
Adam Banks' dad and uh, Mr. Ducksworth. Yeah. Mr. Ducksworth. Yeah. Ducksworth informs him that he's, what, finished his community service, right? His time's done. Yeah, he's been reinstated into the firm because his community service is up. And also, just to let you know, Adam Banks' dad is like a huge, I, I don't know, they have business dealings or connections. I think they're a client or something that have them on retainer because obviously the Bankses are like laundering money or some shit. They're, they're freaking Nazis. <laughs> and, and he's like, so we're going to let, like we talked to the league, we're going to let Adam finish out his time with the Hawks and then they're going to rewrite the lines next year. And he's like, that's, so you just have to withdraw your protest to the league and uh, everything's cool. And, you know, in a stance that you would expect out of any sort of movie protagonist, he, he says, I, I'm not withdrawing my protest, Mr. Ducksworth. Like, that's, you know, not fair to these kids. And Mr. Ducksworth is like, I, I will fire you over this. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, all of it. All of it is so fucking infuriating. Like, why, why is this so serious? It's peewee it's hockey, peewee but whatever. It's fucking like, hockey. <laughs> Who fucking when, cares? Why does it? Why is Emilio Estevez so like you say? Like you'd expect a protagonist to do this, which you would. I guess it's the right thing, but it really doesn't fucking matter at all to anyone because the kids on the Ducks don't want this kid on his team. He doesn't want to go to that team, and it really doesn't affect them at all or anyone if he just stays on that team. Estevez gets his job back. Also, the boss isn't threatening to like take the the hockey team away. He can still coach the hockey team. It doesn't change anything. So why is he like, no, I'll fucking quit? <laughs> he fires him. He loses his job. Yeah. And he's totally cool with it, though. Instead, he just quacks his way out of the goddamn office. And I lost it, too, because like I said at the beginning of this podcast, which is why I brought it up, Mr. Ducksworth at the beginning of this movie is like sage advice. Like, listen, you need to learn how to like respect others and, you know, give back to your community and learn how to take things not so seriously. And then the <laughs> second that a client is like, hey, can you do this for me? He becomes like this cutthroat bad guy who's like, I'll fuck Gordon. I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> Dude, it's I'll, so crazy. I'll do it, man. It'd be like that toy guy, the, the turtle doves toy owner, toy shop owner in Home Alone 2, this really sweet old man. If you find it at the end, mm -hmm. he was somehow behind the wet bandits and like organize this whole crime it's super yeah he turns out to be like a mob whole, boss yeah it betrays the whole like setup of the movie really like hey mr duckworth you know you like bought everything this team owns why wouldn't you want your team that you're backing to be better <laughs> it's so confusing <laughs> oh my god like why does he have to be fired what and like and it overall it doesn't really affect the plot that much there's no reason to do this at all in no, this movie No and he is again 100% cool with losing his job losing his career and being a fucking unpaid peewee hockey coach <laughs> volunteer peewee <laughs> hockey coach that he only started doing because of his dwi so the next game adam banks arian adam banks shows up to play and you know forgive my pun but he gets iced by the ducks they do not want him on their team because he's a hawk dude yeah but you know what isn't he fucking a fantastic hockey player he scores the winning fucking goal dude and everybody except for jesse uh, supports him. I gotta say, while he does score, it's actually Fulton here who finally scores the winning goal. Because isn't this where it tears a hole in the goddamn net? Or it I caves in the guy's chest, one or the other, but I think Fulton wins this one with the assist from... 
from Adam Banks. Yeah, it's something like that. I can't remember. I, 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 I can't remember because I think Fulton scores once in the last game. He Fulton scores twice in this whole movie. One of them, he rips a hole through the thing. I know Banks scores at least once in this game. The the hockey starts to sort of blend together until the last game. Yeah, and the stakes are ridiculously low. I mean, they've won one game, they tied another, and they make the playoffs. <laughs> they couldn't be lower. And it's peewee hockey. Again, we just have to reiterate, this is for like 12-year-olds. Like It's just like, this shouldn't matter to literally anybody except the kids. <laughs> And the movie's an hour and like 45 minutes or something. This whole celebration horseplay horseshit scene could get cut, as could the next scene, which is when Gordon takes Casey out on a date. And yeah, they discuss Charlie getting too attached to him as the coach. And this is really kind of like their first actual date, but it seems as though they're already gung-ho about we're in a relationship or whatever, because then he's talking about like, what, do you want to get married or something? (laughs) Dude, I don't know, man. It's slowing down the pace of this movie. It's really not for anybody. And again, it's negated by the second movie because they're not even going out by the second movie. Yeah, that's a real shame, man. But... Neither of them want to get hurt, so they're trying to approach this situation delicately. Yeah, it's fucking bizarre. Who could possibly give a shit about it? Let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. The Ducks wind up beating the Hornets the next game, and now it's the semifinals against the team they played earlier, the Cardinals. And, of course, they wind up smoking them, and now it is on to the championship. And this you mentioned this earlier. I love the newspaper, especially on this next, like, flash, because it's it, the picture is of <laughs> Charlie Sheen. No, sorry. God damn it. Amelia Westevez and, and, and his coach, his old coach. But it's, like, darkened. They're almost in silhouettes. It's all, like, black. And it's, like, these two titans of sport rivaling against of, each yeah, other. Yeah, it's, like, honestly, like, this is this exactly the sort of production you'd expect out of, like, the NBA finals, which are starting like tonight. Like, oh my God, like the stakes have never been higher. This is such a great redemption story. It is Minnesota Pee Wee hockey. This is unbelievable. Calm down. Holy shit. The entire city is aware of this rivalry. It blows my mind. But uh, so it's game day. Banks's former teammates, by the way, uh, not a fan of him being a duck anymore, and they are especially violent with Adam. This is where this movie goes fucking, well, I, I don't even say this is where it starts going bananas, but it's one of the points where they start going bananas, because Coach Riley tells his kids, I want Banks out of this game. And so someone cross-checks him into the net while he's on a breakaway and sends him to the hospital. He's on a stretcher. His neck is stabilized. He is gone. He's <laughs> done with this game. It's awesome, dude. And and with him on the stretcher, I think he's knocked out at first, but he finally does come to and is basically like, you know, kick their ass for me. And this is finally when his team starts to accept him. He's a duck, dude. It's fucking insane. He's been on the Ducks for like two games. He's barely had any scenes. I thought this played out so much more dramatically as a kid. It's so (laughs) fucking stupid. This Banks kid is like hardly in this movie. It's so, so fucking weird, man. So as he's brought to the hospital, it's uh, it's three to one. And this is where the... Hopefully his spine's broken, by the way. (laughs) He like 
That's the only like there's there's a good possibility this kid never walks again. So I'm assuming he's not in the sequel. No, he is. He's in the second and third. Oh, Adam Banks is in the second one too. Dude, Fuck. I'm, I gotta watch. Let him, me man. reiterate: almost everybody is back in the second and third movie. All right, again, I don't know why that surprises me. I don't uh, either. So <laughs> this is where Fulton winds up like slapshotting and scoring with a shot that I assume must have caved in the goalie's chest because everyone's dodging every time Fulton hits. Everyone just leaps out of the way but this one guy i guess stands up it blows him through like basically the back through the net and shit off his feet and onto his ass it's pretty yeah cool. uh and this is also uh, brandon i don't know what kind of uh knowledge you have of this we also get a very famous scene in this hockey game the first ever flying v formation is that what that's called when they're all okay that makes sense that makes sense because yeah it's... yeah they, they use the flying v to score where they basically all get in like a V that swans or not swans geese fly in and uh, they, you know, they use it to score a goal. It's like one of the most easily defended plays in hockey. I don't know why anybody would fucking try and attempt this. I don't know how it fools apparently the best players in the fucking state. Oh, yeah, man. And figure skater girl winds up getting a, a goal at one point. So either way, they're all pretty much tied up at this point. And again, this is all shot very well. It's just kind of weird. Yeah, it's just I have there's no I I, I have no investment at this point. I don't know. Sure. (laughs) No, it's understandable. I'm not entirely caring whether or not they win or lose, because, again, I don't I'm not associated or attached to many of the players themselves because they just don't have too much of a personality, which is I I like Fulton. Fulton's kind of cool. I'm kind of invested in Estevez's character. Charlie has a little bit of, you know, thing going on with his mom. But for the most part, they're all just kind of blank nothings. It's not like the Sandlot, you know, in which case you kind of get a lot of, even though these characters don't have much screen time in that movie, they just have that that character and the personality that you just kind of grow to like them. But either way, this is really well shot. They're all unique in those kind of movies past their little jokes. Everybody here is only distinguishable by their little jokes. Yeah. Well, I mean, the fucking stadium, which by the way, is packed they are loving it. And yeah, half of them have Ducks merchandise and shirts and signs. I don't know who produced this because the guy who was funding the team is no longer, you know, giving them money. And I, I, what, what, who, I don't know who's getting the money now. <laughs> well, it can't be the kids. I like, I don't know who gets the money. Is it funded by the league? Where are all these people? Where were these people when they were District 5? Like, why are, the, why are they so <laughs> invested in this team of kids? They don't know. It's confusing. <laughs> I don't get it. Maybe Estevez is running some sort of weird you know ponzi scheme or there's some sort of money laundering thing that he's doing and that's why he's okay with losing his job because he's got this side hustle is that what this movie is is this movie just a mob movie but it's just they're <laughs> they're ingrained so well into the peewee hockey movement that you don't even know <laughs> it would make sense that's why adam banks's dad was so angry that his aryan son didn't get on the aryan team because it's a tradition in his family it would also make sense why the hockey coach is teaching his kids to be fucking like goons in the ring and take out players mob style dude yeah it's like if sonny corleone went to fight with uh the bazinis <laughs> exactly dude yeah yeah it's crazy I wish, they, I wish they had explored that in sequels but the whole stadium <laughs> is is chanting quack 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 at this point and i'm angry now of course you are and you know what i get it charlie winds up getting knocked down and is nominated by gordon basically to take the penalty shot 
he had this, you know, one-on-one with him earlier where he talked about that whole thing and what he learned and how he was so close to doing it. But basically, Charlie's going to do the exact same thing that his surrogate father did. Yeah, back in 73, dude. Yeah, and uh, you know what? If I'm the coach of the Hawks, this is the first thing I'm telling my goalie. I'm like, hey, listen, it, the the last hockey game this guy ever played, he tried a triple deke to the left. Go that way. <laughs> Look up there. You see that one yellow banner, championship banner that says second place? It's because of this asshole, and this is what he did. It's because he did this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so be ready for that. He's not, and Charlie wins the goddamn game. Yay. And uh, everybody's happy. Uh, the Mighty Ducks uh, are winners. Uh Emilio Estevez has avenged himself. Uh, movie ends. Like, literally, that that quickly. Yeah, man, the whole... That quickly. Movie's over. <laughs> it is super quick, yeah. The whole team embraces, you know, Gordon thanks Hans, who's weirdly there. He winds up making out with Casey for a bit. And the Ducks score a trophy, dude. I also forgot that uh, Gordon, and I think this sets up the second movie. I can't quite remember, but uh, <laughs> he's... <laughs> he goes to yeah don't you don't you dare forget this button he goes dude. to try out for the minor league hockey affiliate of the minnesota north stars which we totally glossed over them meeting like mike madonna which was a huge hockey name at the time of this movie like it's it's so stupid and he even says like very clumsily he's like man me trying out for minor league hockey team I'm going to get crushed. And they're like, oh, you'll be fine, coach. <laughs> no, you are going to get crushed, dude. He You're does fucked. not make the minor league hockey team. <laughs> but as he's getting on the bus, he basically tells him, hey, no matter what, I'll be back next season to defend the title, bros. Yeah, fuck and, yeah. And we get a sick fucking end credit song, dude. Uh, something about you know winning, taking it all. I love it. It'll be in this podcast, so if you don't uh, know which song I'm talking about, yeah, it'll be here. I turned it off at that point, so I'm I'm very curious to hear it. I'll be listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it, dude. The Mighty Ducks, the first one, 1992. All right, Brandon. Uh, yeah, I want to hear your thoughts first because you you saw it for the first time. This was the first time, so I guess. Look, first of many, I assume. <laughs> I was going to say, I am definitely popping in two and three and then circling back around, dude. Got to get them all twice. Fuck yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Seriously, though, this this was, I will say, entertaining. I was never necessarily bored throughout the runtime of the movie. And it's not so kid-friendly that there's nothing to latch on to. The, you know, the hockey sequences are fairly well photographed. While I don't necessarily like many of the child actors it's not that they're bad actors it's just maybe they're given a lot less to do their the characters aren't necessarily fleshed out but they do what they, they can and none of them annoy me to the point of you know wanting to shut the the movie off i just find the whole plot really <laughs> like just kind of last minute thrown together the the villain yeah changes at the the drop of the hat there at the end the whole fact that this city everything everybody Thinks so highly of, of Pee Wee Hockey. It, it's hard to suspend your disbelief for it, but I also find it super funny and kind of entertaining. Um, almost in like the how the towns in Friday Night Lights and Varsity Blues love their high school football. Mm-hmm. At least that, though, makes sense because it's a stepping stone to college and a career afterwards. This is just fucking Pee Wee Hockey. 
And like with the high school, I'm glad you brought this point up because I was going to bring it up too. at least with a high school, like you get that sense of like the communities invested because they might have gone to high school there or like everybody's kid goes to high school there. There's there's no reason for everybody in the state of Minnesota to give a one lick of a shit about the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I mean, ultimately, yeah, Emilio Estevez, he's, he's, he's really not trying hard with this performance. I'm not going to say he's sleepwalking through it, but, uh, you know, he's here. He's close. He, yeah, he got a paycheck. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I'll say that I won't necessarily think it's something you have to see if you haven't seen, but I could see the nostalgia of revisiting this movie just from the way it's photographed, the 90s cliches and conventions of specifically the sports family you know, drama or, or a comedy, rather. They don't make a lot of movies like this anymore. Um, if they are, they're usually like, faith-based or something they don't make a lot of just kids sports movies i've noticed like they're, they're, they're rare kind of few and far between so mm-hmm. it's it's fairly harmless there i will say there's not a whole lot of offensive stuff other than how emilio estevez treats some of his minority characters <laughs> but i'll say it's it's harmless it's watchable i give it like what it got a 23 percent. i don't think it's that bad i'd give it like a you know, a 35, a 40, maybe somewhere in there. It's it's fine. <laughs> I'm right there with you. This, I mean, let's get this out of the way. This is, movie is so clumsily made in terms of, like, plot development and how these characters interact with each other. If you're looking at, at it purely as, like, a kid's sports movie, it's actually you know, it's well-made. There's kind of a cohesive, like, goal for them to make it. You know, they're a bad hockey team. They're trying to make the championships and turn their lives around, which is, you know, again, as we mentioned, fairly formulaic, but it's not done terribly. Again, where this movie all starts to fall apart is just, like, the values that everybody in this movie holds. Like, the kids get pissed at Gordon because he played for a hockey team based on where he grew up as a kid. Like, why would anybody potentially give a fuck about that, even if you are, like, a young street youth? You really shouldn't give a shit about that. And, like, the tension goes in, like, the tension is built off, like, someone misunderstanding sarcasm. (laughs) You know, it's just... (laughs) And, like, this thrown-in, like, shitty... Like, will they, won't they, when, honestly, who could give a fuck? It's just, like, it's not executed well in a lot of spots. Where it is executed well is, like you said, a lot of its uh, photography in terms of the hockey sh- the hockey shooting. I mean, the production values of this movie are what you would expect from a Disney movie. It's it's not, in any sense, sort of like a B-movie production. It's, it's made like a big-budget film. Um, that being said, my recommendation for this movie, I think if you are a fan of the Mighty Ducks, I wouldn't come back and revisit this because I think it might be like a little bit more boring, even though the second one is generally considered a bit worse. I'd say go back and revisit that one before you come back and visit this one, just because there's a lot more fan service. I think if you're looking for the nostalgia that you'll find in the second one. And if you're someone who's like trying to introduce their kids to sports movies, I would say go ahead and show it to them. If they're interested in hockey, if they're interested in literally any other sport, go for something else. Show them the Sandlot, show them like Little Giants or something like that. Show them freaking Rookie of the Year over this movie because really there's just not a lot to be taken from this unless you're a very young kid or your kid is playing hockey. So, I, you know, I would just say maybe stay away from this, gravitate towards the second one or just 
keep on living with the rose-colored glasses. Just leave it alone. Just trust me. Leave it alone. I also don't think it's it's as bad as a 23% overall. I'd go ahead and mark this down as a 35%. I you know, it's formulaic to a fault, but I don't think it's like the worst movie I've ever seen like a lot of critics like seem to claim, but I can totally understand why in 1993 people hated this movie. It's got a cult following now and that's great. I I just, you know, like I said, be cautious. I mean, I can't imagine it being too long before they remake this goddamn thing just because it's such a popular title, popular name. Yeah, it's tough. I don't know, like, what... I, I'd i imagine they could remake this. I don't know what the current NHL Ducks would have to say about it if they have any sort of stake in the former logo or anything like that. So yeah, it, that's true. It's tough to say answers that I genuinely don't know um i think it could do with a remake honestly i don't i'm not vouching for every movie in the world to be remade but i think you could do a lot better with this movie if you sat down took the time knowing that people were going to come see it for the namesake and you you actually put some effort into making a decent plot Dude, I'd, I'd be interested in seeing the more adult version of this where yeah it was like a guy an alcoholic who was against his former coach who maybe fucked him up back in the day almost like whiplash meets mighty ducks <laughs> exactly and again like make this movie about high schoolers and not peewee hockey players and it suddenly makes a lot more sense <laughs> absolutely yeah 100 percent. make them high schoolers make this matter more and it would it would it would explain away so much of the behavior of the town and everyone else. Put some actual stakes in this movie for sure. Well, I mean, I'm glad I actually saw it because it was one that I you know you had mentioned at the top of the show, kind of being surprised I hadn't seen it. And yeah, for for someone who's seen so many of the '90s movies, it was weird I had not seen it. So I'm glad to check it off the list. I think as a '90s kid, whether you like sports or no, I think this is a movie you probably should see. I, I might say that too. I guess yeah. Even though I just got through telling people to stay away from it, um, it it. it, it it's crazy how much culture it impacted in terms of sport, especially hockey. I mean, they based a fucking NHL franchise around it, so it, it does have its influence to a degree. Yeah, you're right. I might I might amend my 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 rating just to if if you are maybe younger than a nineties kid, you probably don't need to see it. But yeah, if you were grown you grew up in that like pocket, it is a it is kind of a, a definitive movie of that decade. So I, I would kinda recommend it's on it. that it's on that list. Yeah. No, it is. Yeah, it's on that list. All right. Well, it's going to be a harsh, hard right turn for uh, next week's episode. But before <laughs> we get into that, Zach, is there sure uh, anything is. you want to recommend? Anything you saw, liked, didn't like? Uh, been kind of busy, so I haven't really had time to check out a lot of new stuff. I was also at camp for the holiday weekend. Um, but I will go ahead and say this. It's more of a call to action than a recommendation. But um, AP Bio is a show on NBC uh, with Glenn Howerton, the guy who plays Dennis Reynolds in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's also got Patton Oswalt in it. It's written by Mike O'Brien, who is an SNL writer. Um, that show was just canceled by NBC like two weeks ago. And it's kind of disappointing because I think as a show, it was just hitting its stride. You know, it's it's definitely on like the lighter side of comedy, especially if you're a fan of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. But I think it's funny in its own right and uh, was really upset to hear that it got canceled. But apparently 
there's a couple hashtags going around by the cast and crew and everybody involved in that show that's called hashtag save AP bio and binge AP bio or something like that. Um, and I think it's definitely worth the watch. It's on Hulu right now. I think you have to hurry because I think they might be taking it off soon. But I think it's a funny show. It's basically what happens if Dennis Reynolds starts teaching high school. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 funny. It's you know it's not it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Don't expect that. But I you know Glenn Howerton's great. Patton Oswalt's funny. The kids are actually really really funny in this show so give that a watch nice okay yeah i have yet to see anything about i've seen a few trailers for it it looks pretty funny and i'm a huge fan of howerton obviously so yeah i might have to check that out that's sad that it, it seems like they don't give comedies enough time to like breathe and you get used to the characters and that's kind of where a lot of comedy especially in sitcoms like that's where it comes from is learning the character you got to give it a good couple years and you can definitely tell that this is a show that's doing that and like even like the first couple of episodes it's kind of hard to buy into it but I, I I mean, even like halfway through the first season, you start to like really enjoy the characters, especially the kids and Pat and Oswalt. Um, and it is disappointing, especially because NBC seems like they were starting to shift their focus more to some of these comedies like The Good Place and picking up Brooklyn Nine-Nine and, you know, just saving these shows. And then, you know, very upset to hear that they were going to just cancel this one. So hopefully the fan base comes out and the cult status comes out, which is why I'm recommending it because I think it definitely deserves at least another season. If it doesn't do well on that one, okay. But I think at least one more is deserved. Okay. I uh, put my A-list stubs to use and I saw three movies since we recorded anyway. Ooh, my God. I watched, uh, yeah, uh, John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. You know, if you're a fan of the John Wick movies, I can't imagine you disliking this one. I love it. Yeah, exactly. I heard it's beautiful uh, lighting. I love the obviously the the choreography is amazing. Keanu's you know dope as hell. I uh, they already announced a chapter four, so that probably takes a lot of the suspense out of uh, you know if he survives <laughs> or not. But they can make uh, they can make fifty of those movies, and I'd go see every single one of them. Yeah, they got some cool world building, and this one you know doesn't quite jump the shark yet. I'm worried that they might do that if they keep going so far over the top with the plot. But for this one. Obviously, you recommend. Uh, I also checked out Bright Burn, which is that, like, what if Superman was a horror slasher? Um, and, you know, it's very modest and small scale. I will say they don't necessarily explore the concept to its fullest. And I did leave, I wouldn't say disappointed, but just kind of wishing they had done a little bit more with it. However, you know, the trailer does completely sell the movie. So it's like 100%, you know what you're getting. And I can't say that they fumble or drop the ball. It's just, you know, it's not as good as it could have been. So I'd, I'd recommend watching that one on like a, a Netflix when it comes. You don't have to rush out to see it, but it, but it's but it's watchable. Pretty, pretty entertaining. Okay. Left you wanting a little. Yeah, just a bit, just a bit. And uh, the last one I checked out was the <laughs> live action Aladdin, dude. Yeah. How was, uh, how was that? Well, I gotta say, they, the effects did not change from the trailer to the film, uh, so Blue Genie Will Smith is Blue Genie Will Smith. Uh, luckily, they don't use him in that form for long, um, but I will say his take is, is different enough on uh, Robin Williams so that I wasn't really even thinking about him during the movie what's weird is i was thinking more about like the music and the plot when they when they hit certain beats and what i appreciated more about the 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 animated let's there's no getting around that the animated is by far superior sure. i will say 
this one isn't as bad as like Beauty and the Beast. I really dislike that one. I thought that was just like a shameless. Yeah, yeah that movie's rip off. Rough. That's a bad movie. Yeah. So I won't put it down there. It's about. I saw Dumbo earlier this year, and it's it's kind of up there. It's like kind of pointless <laughs> but at the same time it wasn't offensive enough for me to be like oh why did you make this or this ruins my movie it's it's not it's i will say 100 not nearly as bad as i expected from the trailers but it's still not great <laughs> yeah wasn't clamoring for a live action aladdin personally but you know whatever yeah i am still pumped to see the lion king one i i think out of all of them i just yeah, looks yeah i love the love when they do these photorealistic uh, animal shit. It's just cool shit to me. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that one looks like it's going to be good. I'm excited for that one. But speaking of cool shit, next week, oh boy. Oh man, go ahead, Brandon. Tell the people what we're watching next week. We're uh, dipping our toe into the sci-fi realm again. It's been a few weeks, but we're going to do 1997's The Fifth Element. <laughs> I'm sorry. Couldn't even get over it because I'm just picturing Chris Tucker. The Fifth Element. Yay! Oh my god, The Fifth Element, dude. I've got some great, like, nostalgia stories about this. Like, this this movie. Maybe not necessarily the movie in general, but just, like, memories of watching this movie. I'm excited to watch this one. Me too. Me too, dude. I, I have not seen this in a good ten years at least. Or if I have, I was on alcohol and can't remember so <laughs> i'm excited to get into this one because this was uh really popular for me and my group of friends back in the day well you can tune in next week uh to find out all our thoughts on that movie and episode will be put up probably i think we're yeah we're, we're back to week by week anyway for now for the time being so we'll let you know if there's going to be a pause in that or anything but please consider subscribing if you're not already you can do that right on our originally pod uh hosted site podbean.com or on itunes yep i, I was gonna say nbd.podbean.com is where you can find uh every episode of nostalgia be damn as brandon also mentioned on itunes you can also please please check us out on facebook and on twitter at uh what is that what is our our twitter handle brandon i always i always <laughs> it's awful it it's it's still nostalgia damn because they will not allow me those two extra characters <laughs> yeah it, and and someone else has like uh nbd at nbd so if you if you own <laughs> at nbd give us a call <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please do because it's we'd ruining to, our lives. We'd love to give you like five dollars for the username. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Maybe a shout out, maybe a recommendation, dude. I mean, don't <laughs> yeah. don't we'll hold do, your breath, but maybe. we'll do we'll we'll do a movie for you. We'll do anything. <laughs> we'll do anything. Anything. Anyway, also please, 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 if you could, especially on iTunes, give us a review. Uh, write us a review. I, I, I understand that you have to actually write out your review to get your rating through, and every little bit helps us. And, of course, as always, spread the word. Tell a friend about this show. Please do. And um, if you want to check out the sequels to The Mighty Ducks, as of this recording, they're all on HBO Go. And our next movie... Netflix. Yeah, our next movie, Fifth Element, is on Netflix at the time of recording, so check it out there before the episode or after if you uh, think you might want to revisit the movie. Brandon, anything else you, you need to get off your chest? Just my shirt, dude, because I'm going to go take a shower. <laughs> Bibbidi bop. Bibbidi boop. Oh, quack. don't, don't quack. do it. Quack. 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 That's the end of Nostalgia Me Damn, dude. <laughs>